are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Now, beloved, today I'm delivering a down-to-earth message to my Christian brothers and sisters. If there was ever a time in the history of Christianity when God's people need, needed encouragement, it's today. The devil is hurling everything that he can at the believer to rob the believer of his or her joy and to make them miserable in their Christian experience. Jesus said in John 10, I have come that you might have life that you might have it more abundantly. Now, in 1 John 1, 4, we find the text that I wish to use today. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. My mail now is filled with letters that read in part like this, Dear Brother Green, I was doing fine until, and I had perfect peace until, and I was happy until. And then they began to enumerate the different things that happened. For instance, I suppose the young man is listening to my voice now. He listens daily to the Gospel Hour. He was in my office about an hour ago. And he broke down, and he wept, and he sobbed, and he told me a heartbreaking story. Now, he's a believer, and God has called him to preach, and the devil has hurled all hell has at him, and the devil is stabbing at him and jabbing at him through people who should be lifting up his hands and trying to encourage him. Now, what am I saying? Beloved, the devil does not operate always through the emissaries of hell. For instance, the devil does not persecute me through hoodlums and gangsters and liars and thieves. Now, that crowd certainly does not love me, and they do not appreciate what I'm doing because I'm trying to put them all out of business. I know I never will, but that's my desire. The crowd that hurts me the most many times are the people who should be lifting up my hands in prayer. I mentioned a couple of days ago one of the ugliest letters I've ever received. I received it last week from a minister. A minister, now he may be saved, I don't know, I'm not going to judge him. He judged me. He pronounced me to the lowest scumbum. But I'm not going to judge him. But instead of lifting up my hands and praying for me, he lowrated me to the very gutter itself. Now, if anybody on earth should love each other, it ought to be preachers and Christians, and we should lift up each other's hands in the time of battle. But the devil is hurling everything that hell can produce against the children of God to discourage them. Some of you wives, your husband does everything in the world he can to make your Christian experience miserable instead of a joy. 
He won't go to church with you. And he, he fusses with you for going. And so forth. You know better than I do. I'm just telling you. Now then, this little epistle of John was written for one specific purpose. That we might enjoy full joy. Now there is such a thing as Christian experience minus full joy. There is such a thing as partial Christian joy. You can be a Christian and not enjoy your spiritual birthright. Now that's Bible, and there's no need to tell me it isn't. All right. So, he goes on by saying in verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is light, and in God there is no darkness. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from A-double-L, all sin. If we say we have no sin, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Now let me stop right there. Beloved, the thing that robs Christians of peace and joy is sin. Now, what do I mean by that? Sin is to blame for all sorrow. Sin entered the world... In the heart of Satan, he brought it down to the Garden of Eden, and he tempted Eve, and she and her husband Adam yielded, and ever since that hour, there has been and will be heartaches and heartbreaks, tears and sorrow, until Jesus comes in the consummation of all things, and puts down all evil once for all forever, and Satan is put into the bottomless pit. But as long as Satan is out of the pit, there will be tears. Now, sin is to blame for all sorrow. Now, kind friend, if you are born again, the sin question, so far as damnation has been taken care of, if you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted Him as your personal Savior, He has forgiven the sin that would damn your soul. Now, after you're born again, Satan does not let you alone. Now, just a moment. Some of you wives listening to me right now, and in some cases, rare, but there are some, there are husbands in the same boat. Some of you wives have been caused to say things and do things and demonstrate an ugly, ungodly spirit because of the attitude of your husband and your wife, as the case may be. Now, maybe some of you have said something that you know was very unchristian. Maybe you've done something that was very unchristian. And you did it because you were driven to it. Certainly, God's grace would have been sufficient had you been strong enough and willing to trust Him. But since you didn't trust Him, and since you did something or said something, or since you went someplace 
that broke God's heart and killed your joy. Now there's no need to throw up your hands and let the devil win a great victory. Fall on your knees and confess your sins and praise God, Jesus will blot them out in his own precious blood and then that joy will flood your soul once more. Believe what the Bible says. Confess your sins. And remember the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth, cleanseth. Every time you confess, Lord, I've sinned, I've done wrong, I've had an ugly attitude, an unchristian spirit. Father, forgive me. Listen, mark it down. God can't lie. And God wants you to have full joy. Believe it, receive it, and stand on it. And God bless you. The joy bells will ring again. Christian brother, Christian sister, don't let the devil get you down. Even though you've been forced and driven to act unchristian, get on your knees and ask God to forgive you. And He will gladly forgive. And He'll blot out that heartache and heartbreak and give you back joy. Now, beloved, listen. The damning sin was paid for on Calvary. And the moment you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and trust Him as your Savior, you're just as saved as you'll ever be saved. You can't be partially saved. You cannot be partially saved. If you're saved at all, you're saved with God's perfect, marvelous, powerful salvation. But Christian joy, Christian victory, Christian usefulness, and Christian stewardship is ours by trusting and relying upon His daily provision of grace. Daily provision. Now, saving grace comes into our heart the minute we cry out, God be merciful to me, a sinner. The saving grace of God floods our soul, saves our soul, and washes our sins away the blood of Jesus. The minute we say, God be merciful, but beloved, there'll be times, there'll be times when you need to fall on your knees and say, Oh Lord, I failed, I let you down, I was ugly, I was unchristian, forgive me. And bless the Lord, He will. And listen, you dishonor God, and you break God's heart when you ask God to forgive you, and then get up and refuse to believe that God did what He said He would. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and cleanse us from A-double-L. A-double-L. Now look at chapter 2 and verse 1. My little children... Now, you know those words could be spoken to none other than say people. Beloved, listen. You know as well as I know that those words could not be spoken to a sinner. It doesn't make any difference how far down the road of sin a person has gone. God will save them. And then if they're born again and they've backslidden, it matters not how much they've grieved God's heart. For instance, a young man stood in my office just yesterday, and he said, Preacher, he said, as long as I was at home, I lived a clean life. But he said, I left home, 
And he said, I tell you, I threw the door wide open and the devil came in and absolutely just led me to the very gutter. But he said, preacher, and big old tears rolled down his cheeks. He said, now, that's all under the blood. He said, thank God I've settled it. Now listen, it matters not how wicked a sinner may be. God will save that sinner if they'll confess their wickedness and believe on Jesus. And if you've been saved and backslidden, and you've turned your back on God, you may have gone far from God, but God's eye is still looking your way. My little children, my little children, these things write on you that you sin not. I don't want you sinning, and I don't want you going the way of the world. But if any man sin, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Now, beloved, you must believe it if you ever hope to have joy. You must believe it if you ever hope to have victory. You must believe it if you ever hope to enjoy your spiritual birthright. You are in a body that is capable of sinning and failing and falling short. But you have in your bosom, if you're born again, you have the Spirit of the living God. And if you're saved by the grace of God, the Spirit of God will remind you when you've grieved God's heart. And if you'll confess your sin, Jesus will forgive your sins and He'll put them under the blood, and he'll take away that burden and heartbreak, and he'll give you joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Now, this little epistle, every word in it, was written to the children of God, that our joy might be full. Now, let me give you some good sound admonition. Chapter 2, verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now in John 6, we read that the will of God the Father is that you believe on His Son, Jesus. You believe on His Son, Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus for redemption and for victory over the world, the flesh and the devil. God wants you to hate the world, not people, but the ungodliness of the world, the sinfulness of the world, the miserable lust and sin God wants us to hate. Now then, in John 1 John 4, 4, Ye are of God, little children, 1 John 4, 4, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Cheer up, saints of God. Cheer up, hallelujah. You have within your bosom one greater than the devil. If you're washed in the blood, if you're saved by grace, if you are redeemed, you have within your bosom greater power than all hell can produce. Greater is he that is in you than he that is 
in the world. We overcome because Jesus overcame. John 5, 1 John 5, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now read verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith is the victory. Praise God. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, the only way that you or I or anybody else will ever have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, on the Lord Jesus Christ, with all of our heart, and trust what He says, and obey His precious Word. Believe, confess, repent, and praise God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And you'll never, never drop into the pits of the dam. In 1 John 5:11, and this is the record that God hath given us, or to us, eternal life. Get it. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son, praise God, in His Son. Not in the baptistry, not in the church membership, not in a building, not in a program, not in good works, not in self-righteousness, but this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not Son hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Hallelujah. That you may know that you have eternal life. And that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, remember my text. These things have I written unto you that your joy may be full. Now, come on, Christian. Come on, dear Christian. Tell the truth. Are you despondent? Are you miserable? Are you just about ready to quit? Have you said, what's the use? I can't make it any longer. I might as well throw up my hands and quit. Is that what you said? God help you. God pity you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Believe in Him. Trust Him. And praise God. You'll be standing when the world's on fire. And you'll sit with Jesus in that celestial city. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.